Great to be here again. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do you believe that? You know what I'm going to ask you. Say it with me. Be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Talking about strong and courageous, a man dies and appears before Peter at the pearly gates. Now, I hope you understand this is a made-up story. (laughs) And Peter says, have you ever really done anything special? Yes, the man said, once I came across some bikies who were threatening a young woman. I told them to leave her alone, but they wouldn't. So I went up to the largest bikey, kicked his bike over, smacked him in the head, ripped out his nose ring and threw it on the ground and said, you better stop treating her like that right now or you'll answer to me. Peter was impressed and said, that's fantastic. When did this happen? Oh, he said, just a couple of minutes ago. (laughs) Do you think he was strong and courageous or stupid? What about the bloke who was bragging about cutting off the tail of a man-eating lion with his pocket knife? Pretty fair effort, isn't it? If you're so strong and courageous, someone said to him, why didn't you cut off its head? And he said someone else had already done that. (laughs) I've been on a journey lately looking at the book of Joshua. And I've been so challenged, particularly sensing a call to be strong and courageous. That's what I believe God was telling me as I've been reading it. And I believe he wanted me to share that with you tonight. It's a while since I've read through the book of Joshua. And I'm always excited, I don't know about you, but the amazing insights that you pick up when you reread something that you've read over and over. And suddenly, bang, there's some new stuff comes out of it the next time you're reading it. That's what makes the Bible alive for me. So look with me at uh, Joshua 1, 1 to 9. I've got to keep turning around because the back screen's not working. It says here, After the death of Moses, the Lord said to Joshua, My servant Moses is dead. So the time has come for you to lead these people across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you that everywhere you go, you will be on land I have given you. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Meditate on this book day and night and be careful to do everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. You're picking that up well. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. How amazing is that? How awesome to be told that. Joshua, what a man. What a guy. What a future God had in store for him. So what do we know about Joshua? We know that he was born into slavery in Egypt. He grew up as a slave, one of the millions of Israelites that were there, making bricks for Pharaoh and his cronies until God used Moses to lead Joshua 
and two million people to freedom. And we know that Joshua then trained under Moses, under Moses' powerful leadership in the wilderness for 40 years, learning all about how to be a good leader. But it's important to see here at the start that Joshua wasn't going to find it easy. Can you imagine having to fill the shoes of someone like Joshua, a man who challenged Pharaoh, the most powerful man of the day, who was used by God to part the Red Sea, a man who led them through the wilderness for 40 years, a man who spoke to God through a burning bush, a man who saved two million people from thirst by, by hitting a rock and causing water to flow. And that's just a few of the pointers. Not a bad resume, is it? Weren't many of those on your resume, Louis, when you applied for the job here? <laughs> but Joshua also knew that these same people grumbled about how bad things are now and they wished they could go back to Egypt, for goodness sake. Back to the past. Back to the old days. Joshua had seen people talk about Moses behind his back. He'd seen them question Moses' leadership ability. He'd seen them openly rebel against Moses' authority. He'd seen them want to stone Moses to death. I was only reading about that again today. And on top of all this, Moses, who was so great in the sight of Joshua and the Israelites most of the time, had been forbidden by God to enter the promised land. So Joshua knew he had a big job ahead of him. He had every right to feel uneasy. But God effectively says to Joshua, you the man, you are the man, you are the one for the job. Because of his Egyptian upbringing, I was able to use Moses to lead them out of slavery, but I want you to lead them into the land of promise. Now, I don't know about you, but I reckon when he thought about that, Joshua could have rightly thought, I could end up making a goose of myself here. Or the mob could go on strike like they did to Moses. Or God could punish me like he punished Moses. But God came to him with a clear assignment and spelled out what he wanted him to do and how he would enable him to do it. And, you know, he really didn't have much to do. It shouldn't be too difficult, in fact, quite easy. All he had to do was cross the Jordan with two million people. Easy peasy. <laughs> and attack seven armed and fortified cities without any weapons or trained soldiers. No problemo. And divide the land up to please everyone. Piece of cake. And ensure that they're all spiritually on track. Doesn't sound too difficult, does it? My first response would have been, what do you want me to do for the rest of the day? <laughs> See, God effectively says to Joshua, after 40 years of wandering, it's time for you to be bold enough to step out of your comfort zone and move on to what I have in store for you. Make sense? What about saying that with me? It's time to be bold enough to step out of your comfort zone and move on to what I have in store for you. As I've said before, the only reason I get you to repeat those things is so that you don't go to sleep. And I suppose it's a bit more important when it's a night service. <laughs> 
Seriously, do you think there's a message there for us today? Does anyone feel a message from that? It's not easy. I've got to tell you that I love being comfortable. And I don't find it easy to step out of my comfort zone. Deep down, this might surprise you, I'm a bit of a traditionalist. But I also get excited when I see God doing something new and know that he's in it. I don't ever, ever want to be guilty of hindering God's work just because I'm not comfortable with something new that he's doing. In fact, when I was preparing this, even this afternoon, I was putting the finishing touches to this message, I had to stop and ask me, ask God to forgive me for those times that I might have done that in the past. Held something or someone back because I wasn't comfortable. Either knowingly or unknowingly. Joshua and Moses had been very close. That's enough of confession time. But this was a new day and God was saying to Joshua, Moses' history... I better say that again, I've got my tongue tied. Hang on. Moses is history, but I'm not and you're not. It's time for you to step up, Moses, uh, Joshua. I still have a definite plan for the Israelites and for you. Problem was the people were heartbroken and they wept for Moses for 30 days. That's how they felt about him. It was like, what are we going to do? Our great leader Moses is dead. Let's go back to Egypt. That's the easy way out. Let's go back to Egypt. But I reckon God was thinking, it's okay, I've been preparing Joshua for 80 years. 40 years in slavery in Egypt, followed by 40 years under the leadership of Moses in the wilderness. So here's the key point. God didn't need another Moses. He needed a Joshua. Moses had done his job, but Joshua was the man for this time. And he now needed to stand up and have their full support. The past was the past, but this was a new day. There's such an important lesson for us here. No one else can do what God created you to do or me to do. Do you get that? Do you believe it? Let's say it. No one else can do what God created you to do or me to do. You see, we all have our own unique combination of strengths and weaknesses and abilities. No one else is exactly like any of us. You are unique, like a snowflake. And God has a purpose for all of us, every one of us, because no one else can do what God created you to do or me to do. Having said all that, let's quickly look at the command God gave Joshua, and it's very clear, simply to lead my people across the river. That's it, simple, straightforward, except for two things. The first one is two kilometres. Why? What's that about? Normally, the Jordan River was 30 metres wide, so it'd be easy. But it was flooded at that time and was two kilometres wide, filled the entire valley. Two kilometres wide instead of 30 metres and a lot deeper, of course. It's not far, is it? That would be the length of the road from here up to Mount St Vincent home. Or from here to Leyland's Christian School. 
by the road, not as the crow flies, but by straightening out the road. Imagine crossing that with two million people plus all their belongings. And the second thing was war. You see, crossing the Jordan was like declaring war on the powerful armies that were waiting for them on the other side of the river. So Moses had led the people across the Red Sea away from their enemies, but here was Joshua now to lead them across the Jordan River to face their enemies. I guess it could be argued as to who had the tougher call out of the two. Maybe that's for another time. But for now, we see that the command is clear. Lead my people across the river. And with this comes the promises. And God gave, them three, gave him three promises. He said, everywhere you go, you will be on land I've given you. Where? Everywhere. In other words, the further they went and the more that they fought, the more land they possessed. So the land that they got was really according to their faith. And then came the second promise. No one will be able to stand their ground against you all the days of your life. What an awesome promise. I wish he said that to the Essendon Footy Club. <laughs> but imagine going out to fight your enemies and never have to worry about losing. That's what God was promising here. And then came the third promise when God said, I will not fail you or abandon you. So you can sum up these promises by saying, don't worry, you can't lose. Just be strong and courageous. So we've looked at God's command to Joshua and God's promises. So what about the condition for God's blessing? And we see it in verse 8 where he said, meditate on the book of instruction day and night and obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. God effectively says to Joshua, if you, you have my blessing, if you're willing to read the word of God. So what about us? What does that mean for us? Maybe we feel we're too busy to study the word of God every day. I know full well that it's not always easy. Our days can be so hectic, even when we're supposedly retired. But Joshua made time to get into the word every day. You might say he didn't have all the distractions that we have today, but he was leading a couple of million people. That's a fair distraction. For me personally, it's, it's a lot about discipline. My mind's always thinking about other things that I need to do. And I want to run off and go and do them. So I have to set myself a schedule. I've really got to work at it, but it's so worth it when I do. Now, before we finish, in the Bible reading we looked at, Joshua was told three times to what? Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Obviously, this was an important thing. So my crazy mind stops me in my tracks and says, why? What's that about? 
Why did God tell Joshua three times to be strong and courageous? And there's probably some deeper theological issues that Louis and Peter and others could give you. But I want to suggest three possible simple reasons. Maybe because from a human point of view, he was about to do the impossible. You see, these seven powerful nations living in the Canaan region they were about to enter all had large, powerful armies that were well-armed and well-trained with strong forts around their cities, whereas the Israelites had none of that. They weren't armed, they weren't trained, and they were soft targets out in the open. So with absolutely no protection, humanly speaking, Joshua was about to face impossible odds. Be strong and courageous. Why? Second reason, I thought, maybe because he didn't really know what it was like to be in the firing line. For 40 years, Moses had been the one to face all the criticism. Moses had been the one to bear the brunt of people's complaints. Now it was Joshua's turn to lead, and he suddenly had to face the music. When you think about it, for 40 years, he heard the people complaining about manna, the food that God provided for them every single day for that 40 years, and they still complained. They complained about not having meat, and they complained about not having enough water. So Joshua needed to be strong and courageous. Why? Third reason, maybe because God knew he would have some people not willing to step out of their comfort zone. He was going to have to motivate them to leave the security of the desert. Even though it was desert, they had lived there for 40 years, during which time God had fed them. And I don't know if you know this, but in all that time, in that 40 years, their clothes never wore out. Ladies, how would you cope? (laughs) Gender neutral. And they enjoyed a certain degree of peace through that 40 years as well. They're not going to be facing peace now. Because they'd been doing the same thing for 40 years, it's hard to convince them of any need to change, any need to face a new challenge. Do you get it? See, as bad as the desert was, at least they'd been provided for Joshua needed strength and courage because he was about to lead them out of their comfort zone into something new. And you know, God is actively involved in all our lives. Sometimes we're aware of it more times than others. But he knows about every fear we face. And either he's on the throne and working, working out all things together for good, as the scripture says, or life is hopeless and meaningless. So in closing, there's a simple lesson in this passage for us. Like Joshua, the voice we listen to will determine our life. If we listen to our emotions, we might be content to just stay in the wilderness. Think about that. If we listen to people and their threats, we can be easily intimidated. Ain't that the truth? But if we listen to God and follow his leading, we will have courage 
to do what? The impossible. Those are the voices clearly that were in Joshua's ears. Who did he listen to? He listened to God. He followed God's leading. Who are we listening to? Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Let's pray. And while we're in an attitude of prayer, let's recommit ourselves to God and to meditating on his word.